Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. And let's dive into this week. It's my best advice. Essentially, this is like a buffet of value, and it's based on my social media posts from this week. So it's based on those that I feel are most valuable. Actually, not that I feel. Who cares what I think? It's based on those that got the most comments and responses and shares and people saying, how this spoke to me or how this is exactly what I needed. This is so helpful, et cetera. And so I wanted to bring that to the podcast because it's if you're following me on social media, cool. You're seeing some of these. But today, even if you are seeing them, I'm going to go much deeper because social media limits how many characters you can put up on Twitter or Instagram, that sort of thing. So with that said, today, this is the most valuable advice that I have for you this week that you can immediately apply to your life. So before we dive into the content, I want to take a minute to thank the sponsor of the show, Organifi. Now, let's talk about you. Your body is an amazing organic machine, right? It turns food into energy. It heals wounds, supports your consciousness, and so much more. But it needs the right fuel and signals to function at its best. Some of those signals include adaptogens. Now, these are compounds that balance hormones and help you deal with stress in a healthier way. If you're feeling tired, these compounds give you a boost of energy. If you're stressed, they help you to return to a natural state of calm. They literally help you adapt to the stress of life. Now, my favorite source of adaptogens is, you guessed it, Organifi. They create these delicious superfood blends that mix easily with water or juice or your favorite nut milk or go in your smoothie. I do them in mine every day, and they make it easy for me to get more adaptogens in my day like ashwagandha, reishi mushroom, rhodiola, and more. Now, if you're looking for an easy way to support your amazing body, I highly recommend trying Organifi. Just go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal, H-A-L, and then use the code Hal, H-A-L, at checkout, and you will get an additional 20% off just for being a listener of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. So that's Organifi.com forward slash Hal. Use the code Hal at checkout for more 20% more off of your purchase. So I think that's it. I love you so much. I hope you enjoy today's episode. And here we go. Goal Achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, friends and family, welcome to the podcast today. Today's going to be like a social media mashup. What does that mean? I don't know. I just, I made it up right now. It's, uh, if you follow me on social media, you see that I almost, almost daily in the last few months, I've really stepped it up and uh, almost daily I'm posting on Instagram, especially that's my favorite platform. Uh, And if you don't follow me there, by the way, I invite you to follow me on Instagram. It's Hal underscore Elrod. Somebody else got Hal Elrod without the underscore. But anyway, it is what it is. And then on Facebook, I post quite a bit of this as well. But typically, the way that my 
creative process works is while I'm falling asleep at night, I do a little meditation and I usually have some of my best ideas. And I call them downloads because it's like these messages that come through me. And I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need. And very often, I've probably shared this before, but I'll be like trying to fall asleep. Like lights are out, journal. I always have a journal next to the bed and I'll try to fall asleep. And then these ideas and inspiration and clarity just keeps coming and coming and coming. And uh, I just, I can't shut it off, right? Maybe you can relate to that. But the beauty of it is it used to be Back in the day, it was my mind was racing with like stressful thoughts. And through this evening meditation where I focus on what I'm grateful for and really get present, uh, I don't have those thoughts anymore, right? It's, it's not, or if I do, I just kind of go, nope, not going to serve. Those don't serve me. Uh, let me replace those with thoughts that do serve me. Thoughts of gratitude and thoughts of inspiration and thoughts of evolution. How can I become a better version of myself? So usually I have a thought in the evening and very often uh, the next morning I will meditate on that thought or journal about it and then it will evolve into something valuable or it begins valuable and then I will often post it on social media and I'll usually have like a small thought. Here's actually the full process. I will usually post a very short thought on Twitter, on my Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter. Um, And by the way, I wasn't planning, this isn't like to try to promote my social media. But I'll usually post it on Twitter because Twitter forces you. I think it's what, 280 characters. So it and sometimes that can it can take me like sometimes 30 minutes to get the thought finished because it's longer than 100, 280 characters. And I'm like trying to go, how can I cut out words but not cut out the message? And so I usually start with that. And then I will screenshot that Twitter post and I'll post it on Instagram. And then I will expand on that. And that's like where the inspiration comes from. Sometimes it's incorporating what I got from the night before. So I'm going to start with this because this is, I posted this this morning and this really speaks to what I'm sharing, this process that I'm sharing with you. So here's what I posted on Twitter that then became a screenshot for Instagram and ultimately I made it onto Facebook. It says this. Wisdom presents itself to us during periods of silence in the forms of ideas, insights, and clarity. If you constantly avoid silence by looking at your phone, watching TV, and listening to music, you miss out on receiving the profound wisdom that could change your life. And again, I know a lot of people start their day with their phone and they end their day with their phone, right? Looking at the phone, scrolling Instagram or Facebook, checking email, whatever it is. But you've got you've got the phone from the moment you wake up and then literally the last thing before you go to bed. And again, I'm going to say this again. If you constantly avoid silence by looking at your phone, watching TV and listening to music, you miss out on receiving the profound wisdom that could change your life. And the ideas that I get, the wisdom that I get at night before bed is usually the most life-changing wisdom for me. I don't know why. It's not the wisdom that comes in the morning. I mean, I guess guess it's both, but the morning usually expands on the night before. Not exactly sure why it works that way, but it it tends to. But it's about spending that time in in daily intentional silence. And so here's what I... So I, I took that screenshot of what I just read to you. Wisdom presents itself to us during periods of silence in the forms of ideas, insights, and clarity. If you constantly avoid silence, yada, 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 yada you miss out on receiving the profound wisdom that could change your life, right? And then this is what I wrote. This is the expansion on that concept. Have you ever had an idea that you thought was original and then you Googled it and realized that many other people had the same idea long before you did? You ever done that, by the way? So where do ideas come from? 
Is it possible that there is a universal field of infinite intelligence that we all have the ability to tap into? My experience has been that there is, but in order to access it, we must intentionally and consistently spend extended periods of time in silence. Personally, for me, that means two periods of daily meditation, first thing in the morning and just before bed. And then here's the caveat with a journal next to me so I can capture any wisdom that presents itself. Do you have any questions that you want answers to? Questions about who you are, what your purpose is, and what you should do to be able to live the extraordinary life that you're meant to live? Could it be that the answers to every question you could ever have are always available to you in the same field of infinite intelligence? If you're not already doing so, I highly encourage you to schedule daily periods of time to spend in silence each day and to do so with a journal next to you so that you can easily capture the wisdom that will help you to optimize every aspect of your life. With love and gratitude, Hal. So I thought that's a good way to open up today. Again, today, this is just an idea I had like two minutes ago. I'm like, yeah, why not? A social media mashup where I'm going to share with you the most recent, some of the most recent posts. That's one of them, obviously, that I've shared on social media. And then we'll kind of expand on each one. And I've done, I've definitely had our podcast before where something I, I posted on social made its way into, into the podcast. I wanted to share it with you. So we're going to go just a little bit further with it today than, than we normally would. And somebody, by the way, the, the neat thing about this on social media, if you're in your engaging with me on social, is that obviously we can go back and forth, right? We can converse. I can read your comments. I can comment back to you. There's no way for me to keep up with every single comment. I usually comment on the ones that are the most thoughtful. So I do read every single comment, but uh, and the ones that either ask me a question are really sweet and express appreciation for something I shared or I engage with the more thoughtful and detailed a comment is, the more likely I am to write a response to it. And if you ask me a question, I usually can't leave left that out. You know, I'm just going to like your comment if you ask me a question and ignore the question. So that's another good way to get me to, to engage. But I'm looking here at that post that I just read to you and shared. And Audrey Paul Walker, she said, for me, it's usually on walks around the neighborhood. So yeah, that's a great way to spend time in purposeful, peaceful silence. All right, so here's the one I posted. I think this was yesterday. And this is one of the most profound ideas that this isn't new for me. This is actually very often if I'm in an interview and I'm asked like after the interview, I think it's done. You know, I think we're done. And then they go, Hal, is there any any last words of wisdom that you want to leave the audience with? Um, you know, and I'm kind of caught off guard, if you will. I uh, wasn't planning on the extra question. I thought I shared everything I got, you know, and then I'm asked, wait, 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 was there, was there anything else? This is what I typically share. And I really do believe this has been one of the most valuable lessons for me as a human being. So again, here's what I wrote on Twitter. Here's my 280 characters of wisdom. And by the way, almost every week it's over that. And then I scale it back, scale it back, scale it back, or not every week, every day that I post. And then I end up at like 200, either exactly 280 characters or 279. It's always like I get every word that I possibly can in there. So uh, here's what I wrote. When you finally get to the point that you've been working so hard for, for so long, you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner. Instead, you look back and you see that the timing was perfect. So truly enjoy where you are 
while making progress toward your ideal future. And then here's my expansion on that. I'm not sure if it's human nature or more a result of societal conditioning, but it seems that most of us, myself included, consistently compare where we are with where we want to be. We compare ourselves with either our ideal future, other people and their circumstances, or unrealistic expectations. And as a result, we rarely allow ourselves to feel deeply content about our life in the moment. We wish we were further along. We wish it wasn't taking so long to get where we want to go. We question whether we are on the right path. Having achieved various things that have taken me a long time to achieve, my experience has been that when you finally get to the point that you've been working so hard for for so long, you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner. Instead, you look back and you see that the timing and your journey were perfect. You see that all of the adversity you overcame was necessary and simply part of the process. Even the things you wished weren't happening at the time, you realized needed to happen in order for you to become the person that you need to be to create, where to get where you were ultimately heading. So the lesson, be at peace with where you are and truly enjoy every moment of the journey while maintaining a healthy sense of urgency to make consistent progress towards your vision of your ideal future. And most importantly, know that when you finally get to the point that you've been working towards for so long, the timing will always be perfect. For me, I remember the miracle morning when I wrote that book. The, my goal in year one was to change one million lives one morning at a time. And the way I intended to do that was by selling a million copies of The Miracle Morning. And I did everything in my power to do so. I literally, I mean, I worked every day too much. You know, I spent, I probably worked six, seven days a week sometimes when I probably should have worked, you know, whatever. That's another conversation. But uh, I was a workaholic and I did 150 interviews on other people's podcasts. I did 52 episodes of my own podcast. I gave 36 speeches around the United States and I think Canada. I think that was as far as I went internationally uh, that first year. I was on, I think, 13 television shows, both national shows on like NBC daytime and then a lot of local morning shows like Good Morning Sacramento and Good Day Houston and all that. I led the Miracle Morning community, the Facebook group I that many of you are probably a member of. And the Miracle Morning community, I started it that year. I was in there every day. I was engaging. I was adding value. I was commenting on and on and on. And I did probably a bunch of other stuff that I can't even think of. Oh, I did a ton of radio interviews too. But the point is I did the miracle equation, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. Like I've been living that for over a decade. In fact, I've been living, I, I, I've been living the miracle equation for 21 years, I believe, was when I created that. And I applied it to the Miracle Morning. And even with all of that, instead of selling a million copies that year, like I tried, I really gave it my all. I sold 13,000 copies of The Miracle Morning. If you do the math, right, I was 987,000 copies short of my goal. I believe that's 98.7% short of my goal. Think about that. Think about setting a goal, giving it everything you have, and you achieved 1.3%. Of the goal, and you were 98.7% short. Is that discouraging? Absolutely. Was I discouraged? Absolutely. However, the miracle equation is 
unwavering faith plus extraordinary effort until, meaning for however long it takes. And I was committed to that. And I remember thinking, maybe it'll take me 30 years. Now, I think when I did the math, actually, if you look at to sell a million, in fact, let's do that really quick. I always say this, but I never actually do the math. All right. So if we go 1 million, 1 million, okay, right, divided by 13,000, let's see how many years it would take. Okay, so 76, 77 years, 76.9 years. All right, so 77 years. That's, that's not too bad. So, but basically, I was what? I was 30 when the Miracle Morning published. So I was on track to uh, reach 1 million, you know, change 1 million lives one morning at a time by the time I was 107 years old. So it was, you know, it was not quite the trajectory that I wanted. So I recommitted. I dust myself off. I was a little discouraged, but I'm like, all right, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'll do it again. I'm going to give it my all year two. And in year two, I think we sold 23,000 copies. And, you know, better, right? But still, I'm still 97.97% short of the goal. Uh, By the way, I want you to really listen to this story. Like, remember this story for those of you that have big goals, big dreams, things that you may have been working for. You know, maybe last year you were working on a huge goal and you didn't hit it. And now you're not sure. Should you keep working on it? Should you change direction? Is it not going to happen? Or you're you're beating yourself up because it didn't happen as fast as you wanted. You know, year two, it didn't happen. So I tried again year three. Year three, it didn't happen. Year four, I tried. I gave it my all. I worked my butt off after year after year after year. And in year six, it was the sixth year that we surpassed 1 million lives changed, or at least 1 million books sold. I've heard a really neat paradigm around the miracle morning and that every person that reads it and implements it, it doesn't just change their life. It changes the life of every person that they interact with because they become a better, right? You become a better version of yourself and then you're a better parent and you're a better sibling and you're a better CEO or a better colleague or a better whatever, a better human being, right? So it's not just changing that one life, but that ripple effect is really immeasurable. But it was six years to reach that 1 million goal. And that's where this quote came from, this concept that when you finally get to the point that you've been working so hard for for so long, you almost never wish it would have happened any sooner. Instead, you look back and you see that the timing was perfect. So truly enjoy where you are while making progress toward your ideal future, toward where you want to be. When I finally reached a million people at the Miracle Morning, I looked back and I'm like, oh, it was Steve Jobs that said, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? You, you don't know what life has in store for you or what the journey is going to look like. You can only control how you show up. You can only control if you live by the miracle equation. If you wake up every day and you maintain unwavering faith that you can overcome or accomplish anything and everything that you are committed to overcoming and accomplishing, and then every day you put forth extraordinary effort, right? You predetermine your process for achieving what you want in your life, and you execute that. You follow through every single day. And you maintain unwavering faith and extraordinary effort for as long as it takes. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, The Miracle Equation is, it's one of my most recent books. And those are the two decisions of The Miracle Equation that allow you to achieve your goals and dreams. Unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. Not once, but every single day for as long as it takes for you to achieve what it is that you want to achieve in your life. But you look back when you finally get there and you're like, oh, why did I waste so much time and energy and, you know, why, and so what experience and put myself through so much emotional turmoil, wishing I was further along than I was. 
why didn't I just enjoy every moment of my life while I was in it and be at peace with where I was and maintain faith that eventually I'll get where I'm going as long as I keep putting forth extraordinary effort. So this is my message for you, that whatever it is you're working towards, be at peace with where you are. Like truly, truly be at peace with where you are. Enjoy where you are while you wake up every day and you focus on those goals and those dreams. You, you get present to them. You get you engage with them emotionally, right? Don't be emotionally attached, but be emotionally engaged. You see the difference? Emotional attachment is it's kind of a scarcity mindset of, uh, uh, yeah, I, I need this thing to, to, to feel whole and complete and, and happy. I need to achieve these things. That's emotional attachment. Emotional engagement is I'm fired up. I'm committed. I'm excited. I am passionate about achieving these things. I'm not attached. I'm engaged, right? Very, very significant difference in how you experience each day of your life. And that really is how you can enjoy the moment is to be emotionally engaged every day and to not beat yourself up or cause excessive stress is to let go of emotional attachment. There was one more I wanted to share before we wrap up today. Hey, today is actually going to be a relatively short episode. I feel good about that. I always say that. And then, uh, oh, you know, I will touch on this. We've done episodes on being fearless, but this is so important for me. And again, this comes up for me. Like I said, when I share things with you, I'm usually it's just this is what comes up for me that's beneficial for me. And then I share it with you because it comes up in a way that's universal for all of us as human beings. And it is amazing that so often, I mean, it's almost every single time I I, you know, I post this this stuff on social media that people will say, Hal, I, this is, the timing was perfect. I needed this today. Like this, it was like you wrote this for me. And it is so interesting. And I, it's interesting because I think that's because we're all just human beings or, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience, depending on how you want to contextualize it. But I think that because we're all the same, and I've said that over and over again, we are all the same. We are all just human beings, spiritual beings. Doesn't matter what your religious background is or what your political affiliation is or any ideologies that you adhere to, right? Like that, we get so caught up in that, right? This, this toxic tribalism. This is a little tangent. I, mean, I wasn't meaning to, to talk about this, but to realize that we're all the same. And that's why when you have a breakthrough, right, that breakthrough can probably affect like, you know, 80% of, in, if you were to share it with 100 people, right, that 80, the 80-20 80 rule, 80% of people that you share it with probably would go, oh my God, I needed that. that I'm going through the same thing. I'm struggling in the same stuff or I want to, I'm trying to improve in the same way. Wow. Thank you for sharing your experience with me. So I shared this the other day about being fearless. Here was the Twitter post. Consider that your fears aren't caused by the things you fear, but by your perceived inability to be able to handle the things you're afraid of. If you believed you could easily handle the things you're afraid of, then you wouldn't be afraid. So the way to become fearless is dot, dot, dot. And that's when I ran out of my 280 characters. And then here's the continuation. The way to become fearless is to affirm and reinforce the belief that you can easily handle anything that comes your way. I'm going to say that again. The way to become fearless, I'm talking to you, okay? The way to become fearless is to affirm and reinforce the belief that you can easily handle anything that comes your way. Do it 
so often, as in every day, that feeling genuinely fearless becomes your new reality. So I'm telling you, literally do this. This isn't just, oh yeah, I hear these ideas and that's great. No, every day affirm. I choose to be fearless. I can handle anything that comes my way. In fact, I think I wrote an affirmation on that. Yeah, I did. Here you go. I shared this this affirmation on another post. It says, friends, here's one of my daily affirmations that's been very helpful to manage fear and stop worrying. So here it is, you guys. This is my affirmation that I'm sharing with you. I choose to live in a state of fearlessness. I refuse to worry. I don't know what the future holds, and I refuse to live in fear or experience stress or worry over the unknown. Instead, I choose to expect the best and accept the rest. I choose to live life in the present, perfect moment, and be at peace with all things that are out of my control. So combining that affirmation with what I just read, the reminder that the way to be fearless is to affirm that you can handle anything that comes your way. And because again, if you believe you can handle it, well, you're not afraid of it. Our fears are caused by our perceived inability to handle the things that we're afraid of. We think, oh my God, if that happens, it'll be so devastating and I'll be, uh, it'll, it'll ruin my life and I will, and I'll be so upset, I won't be able to handle it, right? That's what we're afraid of. You're not actually afraid of the thing. You're afraid of you not being able to handle the thing. If you can handle the thing, there's no fear. And so think about like if two people have the same concern of something that's on the horizon, one person believes they are not able to handle it. The other person believes they'll be able to adapt and handle it. Even if they can't handle it now, maybe it's, but they'll, they have a belief they've affirmed that they will be able to adapt to whatever comes their way and handle it when it, when it comes. Well, person one is going to be fearful because they don't believe they can handle it. Person two is going to say, I can handle anything. So you need to be person two, or you don't need to be. I'm inviting you to be person two. Handle anything that you can handle, anything that comes your way. And guess what? You can if you believe that you can. It goes back to the old Henry Ford quote. If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you are right either way. If you believe you can handle anything that comes your way or you believe that you can't handle the difficult things that come your way, you're right either way. So I'm inviting and encouraging you to affirm that you can handle anything life throws at you That is how you become fearless, truly fearless, truly fearless. And if you want to go deeper on that topic, you can go to halelrod.com forward slash podcast, search fearless, because I did a couple, two, actually a two-part series on how to become fearless, where I went deeper and covered it from different angles. All right, I've got like nine more minutes before I need to go eat lunch. So let's do one more of these. Oh, wow. This one had 108 shares. Okay, this one resonated. This one resonated with, with folks. That for me is a lot, at least 108 shares. I'm not like some of these folks on social media with millions of followers, I think. What do I have? 175,000 followers on this Facebook page, which is good. And I'm grateful for every single one of you, but I'm just, anyway, I don't know. That was my social media. That was my influencer insecurity where, right? Like, actually, here's a little behind the scenes. Do I compare myself to other people? Absolutely. Like, unconsciously. And then I catch myself and I'm like, I, and I give myself a pep talk. Like, how? There's no value in you comparing yourself to other people. And again, that's why that's what I read to you earlier, right? That was the first post that I shared today, which is the idea that we compare ourselves with other people. That was part of it. And then we create this gap. 
between where we are and where they are and think, why am I not as far along? Well, I do it with social media or with influencers, right? I go, oh, why? Or, and authors, you know, my peers. Oh, what, they have, why do they have so many more followers than I do? Why can't, why don't I get more followers? Why do they have so many more reviews than I do on their book? Why are they selling so many more books, right? Yeah, so it's, it's totally normal and I, I fault, I do that too. All right, so here, here we go. This is the last post I wanna share with you. Now, this was not a, I didn't start with a, a 280 character Twitter post. It's actually a picture of me with my hands in the prayer position. I'm sure you've seen that picture before. I've used it for some of the podcast episodes. But here's what I wrote. And this, uh, before I share what, what I wrote, just the context around this is, it's how we treat other people. And the bigger context, the deeper context, the, the root context is who we choose to be in the midst of life, no matter what is happening. So here we go. Who do you choose to be and how do you treat other people, particularly when they disagree with or don't treat you the way you want to be treated? I think most of us allow our energy to mirror the energy of others. When someone is nice to you, you're naturally inclined to be nice back to them. When someone is kind, you reciprocate the kindness. But if someone is rude to you, then you probably feel justified in being rude back to them. If someone expresses anger toward you, you might unconsciously and automatically project your anger right back at them. Mirroring other people's energy has become so normal that we're usually not even conscious of how we're behaving in the moment. And this is as true for how we interact with strangers as it is for how we interact with our friends, family, and loved ones. What if, instead of mirroring other people, we decide who we are, what we stand for, the values that we will live by, and nothing anyone else says or does changes who we are and how we treat them? Let's do exactly that. But let's be sure to do it in writing so that we can review it every day and remember who we're committed to being and how we're committed to treating others. Whatever you choose to stand for, kindness, love, peace, freedom, justice, or any other values that you choose to uphold, stand for it unconditionally and do not waver. And by the way, to clarify in case as I'm reading it, one part sounded confusing where I said, let's be sure to do it in writing. What I mean is do it in writing as in decide who we are in writing what we stand for in writing, the values that we live by in writing, right? So affirm, this is who I am. These are the values that I stand by, right? Create that an, an affirmation and affirm who you are and that nothing anyone else says or does can change that. If someone else is rude to me, it doesn't change that I'm committed to being a kind person. If someone else gets angry with me, it doesn't dictate how I treat them. And this is, again, this is probably most important in our relationships, meaning like our, with our family, with our significant other. And by the way, I'm not perfect at that. If somebody gets angry at me, can I get triggered? Sure. But I'd say that I at least am striving, consciously, actively striving to maintain my values, even in the midst of other people with conflicting values or that are just acting unconsciously that are maybe acting out of alignment with their values. And this is also true collectively. It's true collectively. I'm seeing so much, basically they're demonizing different parts of our population. 
they being, you know, the media and, and certain politicians, and not just here in America where I live, but it's even, I'd say it's even worse in, in different parts of the country. I have friends in Canada, I have friends in Australia where it's gotten much more extreme than it is here. And I just think that's because we have checks and balances. Uh, otherwise, I think we'd be right where they are because what's happening is happening around the world. And either you're going to be part of the, well, I would say part of the problem, but that's from my perspective, right? You could say it's not a problem. We should demonize people that aren't agreeing with us or following along or following the rules or whatever. I think that's a really slippery slope to lose our shared humanity and to think, oh, what they're doing, I believe they're, even though they have their own free will or they should, they being whomever you disagree with, and they're doing things that I don't agree with, I think it's dangerous and it really scares me. It concerns me to think, I don't believe they have rights. They don't have the right to do what they want to do and to live their life. If they don't obey, if they don't follow, what I believe, then I don't respect their decisions. I don't believe they should have the freedom. They shouldn't have the free will. They should be forced to do what others think they should do. I know I'm speaking in generalities and I, it's because I, well, because one, I, I'm not sure exactly which, which aspects of what's going on in the world are safe to cover without being censored and getting the podcast uh, shut down. But I, I do think it's important to mention this. And again, I, I didn't mean to go this far down the track. Because the point isn't what's going on in the world. Because see, that, that's out of our control. The point is, who are we choosing to be in the midst of what's going on in the world? What values are we choosing to uphold? How are we choosing to treat other people? There is so much division happening right now. And again, that to me is scary. The division dividing one side of any issue versus the other side. And creating this polarity. I don't know if you've seen the movement that uh, my friend Aubrey Marcus has started online. It's He calls it United Polarity. If you go into any social media platform, go to Instagram, type in hashtag United Polarity. And the concept, right, is that we can have differing opinions, but let the value of unity keep us together. Let our shared humanity keep us together and let our shared humanity trump any differences that we have in ideologies or in any beliefs. And I'm all for that. I am all for one of my guiding principles this year is unity. And when I communicate to you or on social media, unity is, is at the forefront of that. It's my North Star, if you will. I mean, that's a really challenging thing to do right now in full transparency. And you might have sensed it as my, I was sharing, you know, the last few minutes, you know, I get a little bit, I struggle with the clarity of how to communicate in a way that unites all of us as opposed to divides. And because right now there is so much division that I want to take a stand for unity. And the reason it's challenging, right, is because people are so, it seems that people are so sensitive and easily triggered right, and you say the wrong thing, all of a sudden, you completely lose that person, meaning you lose the connection, you lose the trust, you lose the relationship. And I believe that no matter what side of an issue any of us are on, whatever the issue might be, there's a lot of polarizing issues right now, whatever side of any of these issues that you are on, I believe that what unites us is infinitely 
more important than what divides us. And so I'm really striving to unify people and to speak to that which unites us, to that which we all have in common. We're all spiritual beings on the human experience, however you want to look at it. And we can't control what's going on out there in the world. We can only control ourselves. And so that's where I am coming from is I am, I've decided, right? I've really gone back and forth. What should I talk about? What should I address, et cetera? And I am trying to address topics that serve all of us, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what side of an issue you are on. And I'm really trying to lead by example with love and with compassion and with unity so that we can all unite. And as human beings, we can support each other and not lose sight of the fact that, hey, just because you disagree with me, or even just because you said something on my social media account that I thought that was kind of rude, right? That doesn't change that I love you. I love you. If you're listening, I love you. I love I love every human being on this planet. I believe that we are all family. Let's wrap up there. Thank you for listening. I just realized I could keep going and going and going. I appreciate you so much. And, and I hope this resonates with you. I hope you got a lot. Today was like a buffet of value, of information, different posts and different ideas and concepts. I hope you got a lot of value today. And most importantly, thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to share what's on my heart with you. And in a way that I hope significantly, or at least somewhat, enhances your life. So I love you so much. Thank you. And have a great week. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 